Hi there, I'm Karen Dunn of KMD Productions. From the equipment manufacturers to the engineers to the business people behind the scenes. Over the years, every member of the Pro Audio Corner of the music industry have become family to me. And it's my job to bring the whole eclectic crew together. Each episode, I'll introduce you to one of these characters and open a window into my world of creating community in Pro Audio. Thanks for tuning in to One and Done. Joining us is producer, mixer, DJ, songwriter, entrepreneur, Chris Rodriguez, a.k.a. C-Rod. Thanks for being here with us today. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure, Karen. I've always called you Chris. Are you? Do you like Chris or C-Rod better? Well, it's funny because uh, people that know me for a long time usually call me Chris. And then people that have known me recently, they call me C-Rod. So I don't know. I don't care what you call me. Just call me, baby. I, I have problems with nicknames. My uh, middle kid, his name is Nathan. And when he was in second grade, I think they read the Nate the Great books. And so everybody calls him Nathan. I mean, Nate, except me. I call him Nathan. So I'll continue to call you Chris. That's fine. Now, how'd you get C-Rod and, and what's well, you, the meaning behind it? What happened was uh, when I, I, start, I signed my first uh, publishing deal, uh, there was another writer, uh, producer called Chris Rod. Rodriguez. And then there was like all these issues because, you know, he'd be receiving my royalties and I'd be getting his. And it was really funny because we actually met a couple of years after that. And then my publisher at the time was like, you know, we should just change your name. Let's just, let, what do you think of C-Rod? And I said, you know what? That sounds great. And that was that. It was that, it was that simple. It wasn't like anything overthought of or anything like that. Okay. Well, I was, I've always been curious about that. We met at a Waves event at your studio. Yes. And you and Patty immediately welcomed me into your whole family, which I loved. And I love your studio. I love your whole setup. Your home's great. Um, I love you and Patty. How is it having your studio and your home together? Do you like that? Well, let me tell you, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful commute. Because I yes. get on the stairs. Uh, I think it's great because you don't, um, sometimes when you have a, a, a studio that's, you know, you have to drive to every day, mm-hmm. you know, there's a positive side because you kind of get into a routine and you have to kind of get done what you need to get done at that moment. And then if you have your setup very close, then it's always like, you know, oh, okay, I, you know what? I need to just, let me fix up that snare. Or let me, let me turn down that vocal a little bit. Let me just go down and do that. And which is a blessing and a curse at the same time, because the people you work with, they know that. Right. So, you know, then they'll call you like on Saturday at two o'clock. Hey, can we do this? And then you're like, hey. so <laughs> I like to say, I always tell people, you know, the weekends are for the family and, uh, and the rest is open game. So that's pretty much how I deal with that. I, I kind of have the weekends kind of locked off. Uh-huh. And, and how long have you had that home studio set up? This, this studio we've had since 2017. And uh, all the other studios, well, I had a home studio like in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And all the other studios have been like in warehouses in different parts of Miami. But yeah, I de- to me, this is the best, the best setup because, you know, it's a nice setup here. So when the artists come and, and the, the studios detach from the home, as you sure. know. It's not like, you know, people are sitting in our kitchen all the time and, and in our home, you know, they're down here in this space and 
they're just kind of out of the way. So if you if you really don't want someone to go upstairs and be part of the festivities, then that's fine. And but they always end up going anyway. Right. You know, it's uh, it's nice to know that you can kind of shut shut them off. You know. Right. You have a couple kids. Three. Kids. Three. Sorry, I've met two of them. I think. So right. how old are they? Well, I have a twenty-three-year-old who's in uh, law school right now. And then I have a 17-year-old boy who loves producing and, and doing stuff. And, uh, and then I have a 13-year-old daughter who loves to sing. And she's, you know, kind of building herself up right now, which is pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. I've worked at home since my oldest son was born. And it's had its challenges. Um, I remember when my oldest was really young, I'd have to go and have meetings in the closet so I could be alone. But overall, I love it. I've always loved it. And I may be in the middle of something, but if one of the kids comes in and wants to talk, then I just, that's what I do. Even though inside I may be dying because I'm on some deadline, but I, you know, it's always make time for your family, right? It's, you know what, it's, it's funny because that's the most, to me, you know, family, you know, your, your immediate family is your life, you know, and especially kids, you know, you want to, you kind of need to be with them because it goes by so fast. It's like I, right. I, my son, and you know, he's already in the studio, like, you know, doing tracks and working with artists and, you know, giving his opinion. And, and it's, it's pretty cool as a parent to see that. But, you know, I think when you have a close relationship with your kids, you know, it's just, it's a magical thing. And, and you, it helps us because, you know, we kind of need to be in touch with what's happening. Right. They're always, you know, they're always like 10 steps ahead of us. Exactly. Which is cool because when you listen to what they're listening to, you can hear that and say, oh, this, is this, that, and the other. And it's funny because sometimes they'll say, oh, how are they making this sound? And why is it sound this way? And then, you know, it's cool that you can explain that. But it's, uh, it's a total blessing for me, you know? Right, right. It's crazy. But, you know, that's, that's part of the charm, I guess, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Your kids have had a direct path because of you and what Patty do, right? That they kind of focused on the whole music scene, right. right? I know you went to University of Miami and got a musical theater degree. Oh, very, very useful. Yeah. So tell me how you went. Well, first of all, I want to know why you got that and then how you went from that to where you are now. Well, uh, when I was in school, I started in the BFA department at U of M. And, um, you know, I just love the fact that you know, there was acting and singing all com kind of combined into one. And uh, as I got into like my sophomore year, I kind of realized that maybe musical theater wasn't my thing. Wait, your sophomore year. So your second year, you realized that. Year. Or maybe it was the end of the freshman year. But what happened was there was a acting teacher that she did these like children's shows in this, uh, the Coconut Grove, which is an area here in Miami, that there used to be a Coconut Grove Playhouse. And then I was always writing songs and, and doing my thing. And, and then she said, hey, you know, maybe you can write this musical for this kid's show. An amazing opportunity. And, and then I just wrote all the songs and produced all the tracks and, and got the musicians together. And, and it was such an amazing experience that I realized, you know what, I like this creating music you know, creating recordings and, you know, because it was, it was kind of cool because it was like half, half of the, the musical was pre-recorded and the other half was, you know, live. So it was like a really cool thing for me at that moment. And then 
I just love the creating. I love making that. And then, you know, I had enough gear at the time. I kind of put together this little studio in my dad's warehouse. And then I just started, you know, I put out an ad in the paper and $15 an hour recording studio. And uh, I just started, you know, recording people. And let me tell you, it was some pretty interesting characters at $15 an hour. <laughs> and then, you know, I would just record. And, and, and it was funny because I was telling somebody this uh, this morning, I, I was saying, you know, it's when you work with someone that obviously doesn't have tons of talent. And those are the moments that really make you who you are, because it's easy to sit down with somebody who's amazing you know, and right, right. Yeah. But someone who has zero or negative five, (laughs) then, you know, (laughs) but they have the the, the spirit and the drive that, you know, that's where it really separates the men from the boys, in my opinion, because, you know, and then they leave and, and all of a sudden they come back and they're like, everybody loves my song and and this, we got to do more. And you're like, Oh my God, how am I going to do that again? And, uh, and that, that was kind of like that process, I think, of my beginning phases was those those four or five years of just doing all these, you know, interesting characters, to say the least. And, you know, out of there, you, you'd find some gems. But most of the time, it was, you know, stuff that was, you know, I mean, what, what are you going to say? Did you ever want to give up? You know what? It's it, When I was a kid, I used to work. My dad had this uh, had this door company. It was like a, a a really mom and pop shop. And since I was probably like seven years old, I was working for him. And let me tell you, there's nothing glamorous about this. All right. This is like changing steel doors on the tops of buildings in Miami Beach. And it was just like concrete. Like you'd leave at the end of the day and your hands would be all like, you know, crusty. And I was like, okay, I really need to make... <laughs> And, you know, and my parents were super supportive of the music thing. But the cool thing is right when I when I started doing that, that show, like I was getting paid. And when I was doing all these these little sessions, I was making money. So I think in, in, in the eye, in their eyes, they were like, OK, well, at least he's making money. So this we're going to let him do this. And I think that was that was the thing. So as long as I was producing some kind of income doing it. And I, I, I never, I mean, granted, there are moments, I think, as you get older and, you know, the opportunities get bigger and better and you get smacked in the face, you know, there are moments where you're like, wow, I don't know if I could take another one of those, but you just, that's part of it. You just kind of say, okay, here we go again. And I think that if you prepare yourself for those smacks in the face, it's like, you know, when a boxer gets in a ring, you know, you're going to get hit. I mean, right. At some point, you're going to get really hit hard, but you just, that's part of the, it's part of the gig. It's part of, of this. And you got to have a super tough skin and, and you have to be able to just continue on your path and, and know that you're trying to reach point, you know, point B. You're going from A to B and you just have to say, okay, I need, you need to be like that horse with the blinders and just going, going, going. So no, I never really have had, I've had moments of like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then, you know, you make it through or, yeah. or, you, or you fail miserably and you just laugh about it later, you know? But you probably don't fail that same way again. No, you don't. But there's, there's always, you know, as you continue, 
you have those moments of, of those horrific failures, but then you laugh and you say, well, at least it wasn't as bad as that one. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I think that's, that's part of it. That's to me, that's the fun. Like when some awful thing happens, like I just laugh about it at this point. I'm like, Oh my God, look at this. Who would have thought this would happen? And that's, I think that's where, that's where the charm of it all kind of comes together, I guess. Yeah. How'd you go from this $15 an hour to where you are now? Okay. Well then, um, then I was at the time I was doing this, you know, I, I had, I, you know, I was being at the university of Miami music school. Cause then I did, I did like jazz vocal. Then I transferred over there. Then I ended up going back to theater just to finish the, the you know, get the degree. I met some, there were so many amazing musicians at the university of Miami. Like music school is fantastic. It's unbelievable. I just got together with a group of friends and we started creating a band. And, and while I was doing this, I had the band going and, and then we kind of put together this tour that was kind of like half the country. And then we did that. And then I met uh, during that time, I realized at that moment that I was not uh, a mixing engineer. You know, I just, like I would hear my mixes and be like, eh. so, so then I, I had the luck of, you know, at the time Miami was is what at the time Miami was a super small town. There was like maybe four or five major studios. And then somebody, a friend of mine was very close to Eric Schilling. I called Eric and I said, Hey, I have this rock band. I would love for you to mix this stuff. And, you know, and I said, listen, I can't afford to be here at this studio that he was at. But if you want to come to my place, you can mix it here. And he was like, sure, that'd be fun. So Eric mixed all my records of this band and we became very good friends. And he kind of was a really cool mentor, one of the many amazing mentors that I had. And then he uh, he just became my friend. Mm -hmm. I would do projects and different things. I would come. After that project, you know, we, we did the tour, it, you know, went failed miserably. And, uh, but it was fun and it was a great experience. And I realized then that I was, I just wanted to produce records. I didn't, I didn't want to be front man. I didn't want to be any of these things. It was yeah. just, so I, uh, I just became friends with him and I would always go and see him after I finished the project. And, and I had done this record for a company called Astroworks that was, it was probably like the late nineties. And, you know, like some heavy like, electronic type stuff. And I came by to see him at his studio and I played him some records. And there were some other really heavy hitter Latin producers in the studio at that moment. And then they heard the tracks. And then one of the guys came up to me and said, hey, would you like to do some records for me? And I said, absolutely. I would love to. <laughs> and then boom then i started doing records and this guy was so hot at the moment you know i had no idea who he was or what was because you know i really had no be even though i was from miami and obviously latin from a latin background i wasn't really that into latin music at the time so he was like yeah i want you to do it. and then you know here i am doing records for cheyenne who's a really big artist at the time and then we did this record for this artist called Paulina Rubio and boom, the record is huge. And so all of a sudden now, I think I was probably like maybe 23 or 24. And, you know, I have this 
two major singles on this humongous, like, you know, multi-million selling record. Uh-huh. And there's my name. And boom, it was like, I all of a sudden, like, I guess, you know, cracked the thing on the Latin, uh, the Latin thing. And I all of a sudden started doing all of them, you know, start working with all the big Latin artists. And, you know, from Sally Cruz to Thalia to, you know, Ricky Martin, it was, you know, all these things. And then uh, I just kind of rode that wave, you know, and I don't know, I'm kind of lost train of thought right now. You did all that and then you eventually evolved into doing EDM stuff. Yeah. So anyway, so then I went and then from there, I got kind of tapped to be in New York. And then uh, I went to New York and it was just amazing because I get to New York and now I'm working with all the people that are doing Jennifer Lopez and all these other huge artists. So now I'm like in this humongous, like Sony world, you know, uh-huh. like I remember that when I get there, they invite me over to Sony studios and, uh, I walk into the studio and all of a sudden Tommy Matola walks in and he's like, Hey, everybody's hungry. Let's order. And then my now like super close friend, Chris Apostle is there. Well, I didn't even know who the hell he was. And, you know, and all of a sudden they're ordering lamb shanks and all this stuff. And I, <laughs> amazing sony studios and i'm like this is it I, this is i'm in the super bowl this is you know this is a big time and then i just started like working and then i get a publishing deal with sony and and you know it just all kind of all this stuff ha- happens and i keep doing all these latin records and you know start doing other stuff but i had always been doing remixes throughout this whole time mm-hmm. and uh and then obviously the the latin music kind of changed and it I guess like the music industry hit that wall. Remember like when Napster and all these things. Right. So, you know, it kind of like went into another direction, but I was still developing artists, doing my thing. You know, I would say, you know, continuing to do records and blah, blah, blah. But then it was probably like maybe like 2000, late 2010 or around there. A friend of mine introduces me to a promo guy that works, that worked at Epic and, you know, and he had done, you know, Michael Jackson and all these huge things. And then he was like, hey, man, you know, I work a lot with remixes and I loved your stuff, you know, and I'd love to see if you want to do something. And I was like, absolutely. And then I just started doing all these dance remixes for all these different artists. And then it just became like all of a sudden I had records on the dance charts every week. And it was like over like 100 top 40 dance you know, records. Right. It's kind of like maneuvered itself into that that realm because it was funny. At that time, I was doing like almost like these really eclectic orchestral records and then it just kind of went that way. So, you know, you kind of just have to go where it goes, I guess. That's what I want to ask you. How do you, how do you get ready for that wave? How do you just go with it and take it because some people, I think, would be afraid because of the change, right? Because it's a different direction than maybe you thought you were going, and all of a sudden, boom. Hey, you know what it is? Is I just think that it, it's like, um, <laughs> this is going to be a really weird analogy, but it's like, you know, you just start getting into it. You just, it, it like starts becoming part of the fabric of who you are. It's okay. like, you, you don't just become that. It just happens. You know, like one, you know, you start doing one and then the next week you're getting hired to do two. And then the next week you're doing three and then four and then five and then six. And then now you're turning down things. You're like, okay, I can't 
to do all of these. And then, you know, it just slowly but surely you, you become that. And, and it's awesome because you just wake up one morning, you're like, oh my God, I have eight jobs on the back burner and I'm finishing these four and it's just me. And then, and then, you know, and that's, that's how it, that's how it kind of happened. I don't think you prepare yourself. It just starts happening because we know how it is. Like you might get a gig tomorrow where you're recording vocals and producing for this one artist and then that's over. And then you're like, okay. And and then all of a sudden every artist that's like that one wants you. So then right. starting to do all of these things and blah, 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 blah. And then now there you are. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's an amazing I've been so lucky. Like I can't, I can't even tell you. I've just been so lucky and I've had, I've been surrounded by such amazing mentors and amazing people that have taken me under their wing when I was young and taught me so much. And, and I'm just lucky. I, I, I don't know what else. You, I know you have Worcester Media with Patty. You guys own that, which is a huge amount of, different offerings for people. But before we go into that, I want to know, so you have evolved over your career, right? So how do you change? I mean, how do you know where to go? Everything goes so fast now. How do you keep current and relevant to what's going on? Well, I think that, uh, you know, obviously with COVID, um, the dance world took a humongous hit because, you know, shows and concerts and all that stuff was a big driver to people putting out music, you know, DJs and dance artists, you know, they, the music is what helps support their touring. More material they have, they, they feel like they're out there working the new stuff. So when COVID hits, it's funny because COVID hit for us like February when Ultra Fest got canceled. And Ultra for us is like, that's like the Super Bowl for, for us. Mm-hmm. We have all these dance artists in town. We have all these managers, all these dance labels, all these people that we work with all over the world. And they're in town and they come to the studio and it's such a great vibe. And, you know, and then we pretty much lock in the rest of the year in right. the month of, of March. So I remember a friend calls me up and he's like, man, they're canceling Ultra. And I said, oh, and it was like, oh, and then I start getting calls from all the people that are coming from everywhere. Oh, man, we're not going to be able to make it, you know, this that, and the other. Maybe we can cut this over FaceTime or, you know, whatever we were doing. Right. And, you know, it's I don't even I missed the question. Now. now I'm thinking about something else. How do you stay current? How are you changing? So I just think that you have to just listen, like you stay current by listening to what's going on out there. And I think uh, sometimes since. I've been doing this for so long. You have to kind of step away from what you know a lot of times because the way, you know, the new school is kind of hearing what's happening and the way they interpret, you know, different tones and frequencies is different than what we were doing. So you have to listen to that and say, oh, okay, I see. They like this. They like it over here. So then you kind of like start maneuvering that way. And it's just, but that was when I go back to the kids, because when you have 17 year olds, 18 year olds and their friends just coming in the studio and listening and you see when they're like, you know, you see when they get crazy and you're like, okay, this, this is what, 
So, so that's been the biggest blessing because you have them and you can kind of bounce off it and you don't feel like a, like a creepy old man, like, Hey kids, so what are you listening to? <laughs> so that, that they're, they're super. And, and my son is always turning me on to playlists and, you know, I'll walk into the studio and he'll be just in here listening to stuff. And, and I'll just kind of sit on the couch back there and just listen and see what he's doing. And he'll be producing like a, a little artist and, I'll just come in and hang out and just see what they're doing. And it's just, it's, 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 it's the same, but it's different. That's, that's the thing that is cool about it. Right. Well, again, it's change, right? So you don't seem to be afraid of change. A lot of people are. No, but going back to Weister Media and what Patty does, Weister Media is really a content creation company. So like right now we have two docu-series going and we have, have another one that we're getting started on and audio is such a big part of this stuff you know like recording right. the, the 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 interviews properly you know making sure everything sounds good and and mixing it and and putting together all the music that's going to be part of this piece and that it's funny because i see that world as so important for our business you know i i i, I just see that music and audio good music and good audio for content is like it's almost to me what i'm seeing is almost like number one on the money-making list Mm -hmm. because there's so much of it and there's such a humongous need for it you know and 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 people pay for it right that's that's where most people that i know from my time most people have kind of like strayed away from music and they're doing something else because it's no longer what it was. Like, it's no longer like, okay, I'm record company X. I'm going to hire you to do three records for artist Y, and we're going to pay you this. Right. That doesn't, that's not really the norm that much anymore. Now it's like, okay, send me a bunch of tracks. Let me hear what you got. And right. then you are sending stuff, sending stuff, send, and you know, it's, you know, I've been doing this for so long, so thank God most of my clients are like, okay, Chris, we want you to do, you know, two tracks with this artist, three with this one, we're going to pay X and blah, blah, blah. That's fantastic. But for the newcomers, it's it's funny because I see it all the time. It's like, they'll do a whole record for nothing and just be like, hey, let's see what, <laughs> I, you know, but unfortunately, that's the way it is. Yeah, it's a new model, right? It's the new model. and And I get it. I get it because, you know, you don't want to be spending all this money trying and tasting and seeing and blah, blah, you know, let me hear what it is. Let me, let me see it fully completed. And then I'll decide if that's what I want to go with. Right. Right. And even then they sometimes don't go with it, but that's, but that's part of it. And, And, and I think that this, this world of, of content creation, it's very different because Almost like I think the audio people in the content creation world, we're like, it's like voodoo. Uh-huh. <laughs> they don't understand how we're doing this, you know? Uh-huh. So I, I, I think it's a, it's a definite like one leg up for, you know, guys like me in that, that space, you know? Yeah. Why don't you tell me a little bit about Worcester Media, why you guys started it, the services you offer? So, so Weister Media is a, like I said, it's really a, a boutique content creation company. And what we're doing is we are creating content for 
you know, different companies and creating TV stuff, like documentaries, docu-series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have like a couple movie things we're talking about now. And uh, that's really what it is. It's, it's, it's just a creation company, whether it be music or a video, but that's it. It's content creation. That's, that's what we do. And it's just from what I see, it's so in demand. Yeah. Like well, really people want it. And it seems especially so with the everything, the pandemic and everything shut down. People are desperate for new content all the time, right? Yeah. Well, not only that, I mean, you can just see it when you go to Netflix and it's just like yeah. new, that, fantastic, amazing shows like every week. Boom. Yeah. And it's like three seasons. Holy shit. Yeah. I never thought I'd spend so much time on Netflix, Amazon Prime, uh, Hulu. It's like, that's what's helped me get through all this is all the new content that keeps coming out, the new shows. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, it's just, but to me, not only, it's not only that, but the quality of it, yeah. like really well done. I mean, it's not like, you know, some YouTube chopped up thing, like right? right. million dollar budget stuff going on here. Right. So anyway, so that's why I think that's the move, you know, and the music, I'm I'm always going to be a music guy. There's nothing. It's just in my DNA. And luckily, I keep getting things and things keep moving. But this stuff with the content, to me, it's it's just it could be it could be never ending. I could just see it because you with music, you capture the person's listening. You take. Mm-hmm. But this is visual and uh, audio. Right. So you encompass everything. To it's like the perfect piece of art, you know. Filmmaking is is the full circle. You have it all, and people go crazy for it. Like I just see my kids, you know, like they're. You talk to them, they're like, "Oh, I'm on season eight of Shameless." Uh-huh. You know, and it's like, when do you have time to for this? But it's the same thing with us. I'm sure, like you can tell me, "Oh, I just saw, you know, ten seasons of this," and blah, oh, blah, yeah. blah, you know, and it's, and it's all consuming. And then I had a friend of mine the other day. I'm watching The Sopranos for the fifth time. (laughs) Wow. You know, this is like, you know, your favorite Led Zeppelin record. I'm going to let a hundred thousand. But uh, to me, it's awesome. The evolution of what's happened to me. That's, that's the thing. And, and, and like going back to when we were doing those other things, uh, the, the speed, uh, speed mentoring, you know, I always tell young and up and coming people, the key is to create and to make a statement of your own. So no one can take that away from you in the end. Right. See, you, you took away one of my questions. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, because I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about speed mentoring. Am I being too much? Am I giving? No, no, this is great. But I did want to talk about speed mentoring and, and, uh, You've done, I think, everyone except maybe one because you were on location once. Right. You've had a huge experience. You're knowledgeable about a lot of different aspects. And I've found through many of the mentors have told me that they have been rewarded so greatly by the students. It's not just the students who are getting all the benefits, but also the mentors are. So, right. so I'm wondering if you are getting any kind of that positive experience talking to these students in the different schools well let me tell you some of them reached out to me so nice so kind i think that it's 
one side of it, I think is great because they get to hear from us who are really in the trenches mm-hmm. and the, the real side of this. Because I think sometimes, you know, schools romanticize a lot of things, you know? Right. Like, I'm going to school for poetry, okay? Mm-hmm. But there's probably only a handful of poets that are successful today, you know? Right. It's not something that is so easily attainable, you know? So what we do, music making music production there's so many uh legs to the spider you know but there's only but there's only so many you know that's why whenever i had and it's funny because the few students that i did kind of relay this message to some of them even got back to me and said you know wow what an eye-opening i wish they would have told me this when i started right and like i was saying before it's i i think that I've been so lucky because I've always kind of been doing my own thing. I've always kind of been creating and building things that I thought were great. And then those pieces of work, whether they be successful or not, gave me an opportunity to do other things. So, for example, if somebody came up to me and said, hey, have you ever scored a movie? I say, yes. Have you ever scored this? Yes. Maybe these aren't the godfather, but they can see that I know how to do this, whether it be successful or not. You know what I'm saying? Right. Doing that, it's like I always tell people, they say, oh, I want to be a dance producer. I want to do house music. I want to do this. I'm like, okay, well, let me hear. No, I don't have any records. I haven't done anything. I don't have anything I like. Okay. I haven't worked with anyone that I really like. Okay, well, then you go find someone you like and then do a bunch of tracks with them. Right. And then when you talk to someone, you're like, oh, check this out. I just did this. I just did this. I just did that. And then they're like, oh, wow, this guy obviously knows how to do this because it's something that I'm passionate about. And it's, it's, it's a piece of material that someone can listen to and say, wow, this guy really knows how to mix a record or right. this really knows how to do this. And that's part of it. Like if you want to go out there and, film something then you got to just start filming whether it be with the iphone or whatever you have so you can show that you have an eye and you have an ear for what you're trying to accomplish and and that's what i was conveying to the kids is you have to just create always be creating always be creating i have this saying here and it's called complete and repeat and then start another one because that's another thing people get caught up in the same thing I was talking, and there were some kids that were my son's friends here this morning. And I said, I can't tell you when I was coming up, how many people I met, they were like, oh, yeah, I'm still fixing up my record, my record, my record, my record. Well, dude, it's been five years. Where's your record? You know, so don't get caught up in that. Just get caught up in doing stuff and continue doing. That's why, like, the whole rap game and that whole world is so successful because they just put out records more and more and more and more and more. And granted, some might not be the biggest hit. It doesn't matter, but maybe the next one. You never know, right? Right. Okay, I have two questions based on this. Okay, one is this creating, constant creating. Is that replacing going door-to-door at studios and handing in resumes, do you think? 
I just think that there's so many studios now, so many, you know? Yeah. I just don't see, I think if you, I almost think like the studio thing is, I, I, I just don't know how to phrase this to not sound like a total, like, just stabbing that world in the back because I don't want to do that at all. Right. Uh, it's just changed so much. You know, there's an amazing meme. I'm going to find this one and I'm going to send it to you. Okay. The meme is like, it's two screens cut in half. One half is a dude, the guy that we know very well sitting behind a beautiful, you know, 96 channel SSL with the Ostbergers and everything you can ever imagine. <laughs> all the greatest analog gear ever made. Uh -huh. But it says 200 streams on Spotify. The cut screen is some kid sitting with a fucking laptop and headphones. You know, I've made 22 tracks, 22 million streams on Spotify. You know, that should tell you something. That should say, hey, you know, granted, we have a lot of experience in this stuff. We know how to make things sound great. Yes, yes. But we need to do a lot of it. Right. Thing. we need to we can't spend you know a week on one mix you know that that's not going to work you know you need to be just banging your mouth and the studio world it's funny because i i had while i was building this studio i was down for about a year with no studio so mm -hmm. i was traveling all over america going to different studios and you know amazing facilities of great places and it was funny because one of the places that I was in, which shall remain nameless, <laughs> it was it was pretty much like a hotel. It was so clean, so nice. And the assistants were like servers. Mm -hmm. You know, it was always like, can I get you a coffee? Would you like a Danish? You know, blah, blah, blah. Who's hungry? Let me get the order for everybody. Let me bring the food. Let me do this. Let me get silverware. Let me get... Like, what is this? Like, in my day, it was like, you know... A, Pizza and fuck it. There it is. You know, call it a day and let's go somewhere. And it was funny because I was talking to the studio manager. He was like, dude, it, that's what it's become. It's a fucking place where people come hang out, have fun, maybe do a record or not, and order food. And that's it. So that's not the model of complete and repeat. Right. The complete and repeaters are making records in their home or in a very, you know, affordable facility with not an assistant, an engineer, and a this and a that, and another one, and a this guy, and a this guy. It's just, it's not, it's not realistic anymore. I don't think. What the fuck do I know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll skip my second question. We'll what go ahead. I want to hear the second one. Come on. No, no, no. It just, it's with my event company. I've had some uh, clients, potential clients who have said, can you do this? I can't do it. I have no clue. But I say yes. Yeah, right. I say yes to everything. So yeah. is that the same and then I learn how to do it, right? Because I'm not going to turn down work. No, you can. Yeah. So is that the same? Do you yeah. think? And, okay. I always say yes. Say yes to everything until someone writes a check. Yeah. Okay. Everything's opening up. Well, Florida's been open forever. So, but things are starting to open up again. All right. And maybe I'll be coming to um, Miami before too long. Next time in town, I want to know where we go to dinner, what we're going to eat, and what we're going to drink. Okay, we're going to go to a restaurant that is, you can walk over there. It's called Soto Salad. We can walk here from the studio. We are going to have the most amazing bronzino you've ever had. I like we a lovely wine. And then we will go to the rooftop here and have some adult drinks. 
some nice old fashions and a nice cigar. And we will talk about the next thing we do. Okay. If we, before we go to your rooftop, if we're going to go listen to some live music, where would we go? What kind of music would we be listening to? Let me tell you, I think the greatest spot in, for live music in Miami has got to be Little Havana, Eighth Streets. Uh, we could probably go to Ball and Chain and watch an amazing like Latin salsa fun. That's to me encompasses a Miami night. You know, like there's tons of like hip hop clubs and dance clubs and all that stuff. And but there's nothing like just getting blazed by a six piece Latin band. With horns and the whole getup. Yeah, I may have to fly out there sooner than I thought. <laughs> what are you listening to right now for fun? Uh, I really love the new J. Cole record. I think it's super cool, super innovative, great bottom. Just the production's so unique and different. Uh, it's like I bounce from that to listening to like Burt Bacharach's greatest hits. I mean, it's like all over the place. There's another group called Still Woozy, which I think is super cool. Uh, my daughter is insane with Machine Gun Kelly. I think I know every song on that. Because <laughs> I hear it all. Um, I don't know. It's just everything. I, I, I think music is all around us all the time. And it's, it's just in the air. And it's, it's awesome. I have one last question for you. And I, I ask everybody this one. Okay. It's actually the most important question. All right. so, what does community mean to you? Community is, wow, that's a really cool question because I think community is being surrounded by people that understand you and know you and appreciate you for who you are. I think that's what makes an amazing community of people that trust and appreciate and love your energy and want you around. I mean, that's that is what I think a great community is, whether it be two people or 200. Right. I think that's, that's what makes a community. And I think that's the beauty of what we do because, you know, even talking about someone like Eric, I cannot talk to Eric for five years and I pick up the phone and it's like, we never left. Right. So many other guys like that I had the pleasure of working with and, and just being a part of their lives. It's a very intimate thing. This, this, this music thing. It is. Yep. I love this industry. It's like no other. And it's, we're very lucky to have made it this far and still be in it. Right. I totally agree with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of One and Done. Don't forget to check out today's show notes and our YouTube channel for more from our guests. And subscribe to our KMD Pro weekly resource guide on kmdpro.com. This podcast is produced by Jules Everson and Stephanie LeBond. Our audio engineer is Corey Klotz. We'll see you next time.